0: Hello. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. Yeah, doing pretty good. It's Lisa and Andre. How this are week, How um, are your hands? Oh my
0: god, I had to tell you what happened. So uh, uh, Ian will be back with us next week. He's again taking this week off. Um, he's not breaking up the band, man. He's coming back. Uh, so I was making. I'm on this cooking um spree because mm. Ian has been doing the cooking for the last several years, and he's really busy, and he's exhausted. And I said, look, you know, let me jump in the kitchen and cook. I mean, before I met him, I did all the cooking in my life, and I did all the cooking in my relationships. But it was, like, awesome ha- to have a partner who not only wanted to cook, but who was really good at it, right? So mm-hmm. he's exhausted, and I could tell, like, we were going to in and out quite a lot. And I was like, you know, let me just start cooking again. So I made – I found this recipe for – cauliflower potato curry and it looked really Mm. awesome i didn't realize it had Mm nine thousand ingredients in it or else i wouldn't have (laughs) it started on this endeavor but as i'm at the grocery store buying like the ninth thing to go in it i'm like oh fuck so it's late when i make this right it's friday night thursday night and it's it's late when i make this and i don't even think about this i'm sitting at the table chopping because i'm watching call the midwife i'm giving my legs a rest and i'm stripping the seeds out of this serrano pepper with my left mm-hmm. thumb. And I'm just I'm just going down the... I cut it in half and I'm just ripping them out. And Ian comes in to say something to me and he goes, Oh my God, I can't even stand in this room. And I said, What? And he goes, it's just the whole air is just like filled with the smell of this pepper. I didn't even smell it. Hmm. And then literally about 30 minutes later, on the dot, my face starts burning. Oh no. And then my hands started aching a little bit. And then my right Hands started aching, and I'm like, "What is that?" And then I look down at the serrano pepper that I'm about to drop into the mixture, and I'm like, "What kind of amateur hour bullshit have I just done?" <laughs> because normally I put on gloves when I'm cooking in general. I don't like to get st- yeah. stick off all over my hands, and I don't want to. I cook with a lot of garlic, so I don't want to reek like of garlic all night long. Right. My hands have been. My thumbs are still burning. So that was Thursday night my hands finally stopped burning probably last night around 11 and then my thumbs the tip of my thumbs are burning and i had just i clipped my fingernails earlier the day on thursday cuz to write the way i put my fingers on the keyboard to write mm-hmm. um i cut I always keep my fingernails trimmed down to almost nothing. But I over trimmed them. So I had my finger, the quick
1: was open
0: (laughs) on my index finger on my right hand. And then my thumbs, I cut them way down to the quick. Uh. I feel like this is kind of something they did in the dark ages, like the Marquis de Sade or somebody did to people. Because it's (laughs) I would pretty much if you wanted to know some information and you were doing this to me, I would just tell it to you. Here's my social security number. Here's where all the guys are hanging out. And you go round them
1: up. <laughs> Yikes. And it's Saturday we're recording this, so it's still burning. It's your, still
0: your burning. And I was told, like, I got oh milk God. out because we had some milk. Rarely do we have, like, milk in the house. But first I was making cookies at one point. So I had milk and I was, not a cake, and I soaked my hands in them. Instant relief. Sure, that mm-hmm. shit works. But then as soon as you pull your hands out of it, you're back to the old pain And I didn't really feel like sitting there watching TV with my hands in a bowl of milk for, (laughs) I don't know. It was like the dumbest thing I was at in a long time. I just haven't been in the kitchen in a while. And normally, you know, I'm getting my skills back because it's Mm -hmm. been a minute. But it's one of those things where I'm like, why the hell would you? And then I had wiped my face. And then at one point, I stopped down to go to the bathroom. I won't even get into that. Suffice it to say. (laughs) Suffice it to say. Pompeii was on fire and uh, it was, it was not cool, man. I was just like, who, what kind of, and it was hilarious. So I was, we were laughing our asses off, but at the same time I was like, who even, and this is before I realized I was rubbing all the surfaces of my body with Serrano pepper, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Wow. (laughs) So (laughs) how you been? So you've been, you've had an injury uh that's also self-imposed but it's against kind of your will you have this icing of your shoulder going on you played your concert right
1: yeah and how was that it was it was it i'm not gonna lie to you it was really rough um so basically i've i've been having this problem with literally the the my left shoulder right where my viola rests um the past like three weeks Um, it's just, like, every time I start playing within five minutes, it's just, like, immediately sore. Like, I remember it started because I started practicing in the morning, like I usually do, and then there was, like, this sudden, like, burst of pain that just, like, radiated from the top of my shoulder down my arm, and I was like, okay. So I put the viola down, and I I just kind of left it for an hour, and then I tried to come back and practice again, And it didn't come back like suddenly, but like the more I kept playing, the more the pain was coming back. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is not good because I've had pain in like the the muscles in between my thumb and my index fingers on both hands. Um, I've already had problems with that in the past. And that's usually like for me, like over practicing or just over playing in general which has been known to happen or when I'm just like playing a lot for like gigs, you know, especially when I'm playing like shows, like, Oh my God, when I played the magic flute last year, all the pain, cause that's just three hours of, of, you know, boom, 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 boom. Oh God. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I made my professor aware we've been like very low key. I haven't practiced in a very long time, which is very problematic when you're in the middle of the semester. Um, but, so I basically have been icing ever since. <clears throat> but I've been icing intermittently. So this week, I was like, I have to like just like ice continuously throughout the day. Not to say I like sit like on my couch hours with ice on my back because that's you know that's not good. but I, I I have to do it continuously throughout the day. And it's somewhat helped. And I've tried stretching as much as possible before I sit down in that chair. but literally during my concert on Thursday. I I'm in the front stand, so it's not like I can like stop playing without it being a huge distraction to everyone else and the audience. So I kinda I'm like kind of like half playing, almost like I'm doing like air viola. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I'm literally just like my muscles like are like on fire, my hands are hurting. And at one point literally all the muscles in my upper back just got like really, really like hot. Like it felt like <laughs> there was like hot water just like all over my muscles so needless to say i'm falling apart yeah i'm a 60 year old man yeah um i'm
0: 55 i mean we're we're out there together you and i you know take the show on the road
1: and it's yeah and it's hard because like i i i'm not in a position to stop playing even though that's what i'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. if i absolutely do not need to be playing i'm not right but, you know, I'm I'm playing someone's recital and I still have orchestra three times a week. And so I still have to play no matter what, unless it gets really bad and I need like a doctor's note to to say that I physically cannot play. um, And yeah, and it's it's hard. And we were we were talking about that this week because it's hard when you're when you know, like what you're doing is like bad for you, but you kind of still have to do it. Right, like because I had tendonitis.
0: we didn't cover the, uh,
1: my hapless Toronto thing was just the
0: tip of the iceberg, because I just went to see a surgeon, I broke my finger 20 years ago, rebroke it uh, a couple of summers ago, and there's a cyst growing in there, blah, 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 So, and it's on my right hand, it's the middle finger, it's the bird finger, it's really gnarly, it's kind of hilarious, because it's like this crooked old witch finger from like, you know, a Disney movie, and... Uh, <laughs> So I'm going to have to get surgery. I mean, I might as well do it now uh, while I'm relatively younger. And then while I was in there, I was like, hey, so doc, you know, what's this constant burning in my hands? She goes, tendinitis. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because holding a coffee cup that's too big or or just doing anything Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know because I'm typing thousands of words a day. I'm at the typewriter every day because that's how I earn my living. I'm writing this book. I'm editing this book. I'm editing other people's books, other people's stuff. So I'm constantly at the keyboard like all day long. And I said, so what do you think? Ice it, get it hot. She goes, oh, those things will give you relief, you know. And I said, I take baths. I take Epsom salt bags. She goes, that's great. I said, but how do I fix it? She goes, oh, well, you need to stop using your hands for six weeks. And I was like, this is like one of the top surgeons in Los Angeles. This is what she does. This, is, this chick is the bomb, by the way. She goes, yeah, I just stop using it. I said, it's not an option. She goes, well, then you're going to be in a lot of pain, son. And I was just like, I love how she's just like telling me the truth. She goes, unless you just literally stop using it. And funny, this, not funny, not funny, haha, ha. But literally a couple of days after I learned this, you were telling me about, I keep seeing you posting about like icing your shoulder, icing your shoulder. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, dude, like you and I are in the same boat we can't stop. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd love to just sort of kick back and win the lottery and, you know, hire a Rami Malek looking guy to come in and type my book for me. Cause that's what I do (laughs) with my money. Um, and hire a chef for both of us and have somebody clean my house. But it's like, I, you know, you can't do it. And what do you do when you have to do it? And it's like, I just, now I'm very, and I'm like, my, one of the things I like to do when I'm not writing is I like to play video games and that's just using my hands even more. So I'm like, okay, I got to yeah. listen to audiobooks and take the dog for a walk. I got to do less of that. And then when I'm in the kitchen, chopping is painful, man, just chopping anything. And I'm like pulling out the old, like all the machines to chop things. Yeah. So it sucks. You know, but yours is very public. Mine is, I can take breaks. I can get up. I can only imagine being on a stage and having to be, not be a distraction, as you say. That sucks, man. It just sucks. It just is what it is.
1: It is what it is. I'm just ready to graduate and never have to play in an orchestra again. Your (laughs)
0: senioritis is real. Like, I mean, there's a realness behind this. Not only just like the emotional thing that you go through when you're graduating but like your body needs you to stop doing this
1: oh yeah it's way it's way more than just like kind of like mentally being over it like my body too is just like it just needs to stop and this is kind (laughs) of
0: even though you're you're young like you're super young it's like it's still like these things that we do in our youth that come back to haunt us you know the the overrunning my, my knee. I tore up my knees when I was young, when I was your age. And I did a lot of stuff. Where I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck it. It's my body. I'll yeah, I'll rest later. I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, 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 no. No, here's, here's the long walk between I'll sleep when I'm dead and when you're doing this. is like you have a long life, if you're lucky, to be sore and achy. And when it rains, shit happens to your body. You're like, oh, fuck, dude. So, yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Dude, I can't. No, yeah, when do you graduate?
0: A- How many weeks? It's like, It's So it's February now. How yeah. many more weeks do you have at this?
1: I don't know about weeks. I graduate May fifteenth, so it's not it's not that far away, but it's still like it feels I like it's years. Have, I still have two concerts left oh, in Jesus. this semester. So,
0: is there a robot?
1: <sighs> I don't know. Huh? <laughs> is
0: there a is there a robot that you can hire, or is like <laughs> there's somebody who's like an amazing viola player somewhere where you just like you give them like two hundred bucks and just live your life.
1: Well, here's the thing, my, it, in a, if it was a, a different, I don't know how to put this delicately, if I was in a different, let's say, learning environment, and there's 10 of us in our section, um, so naturally, if I did have to sit out for a concert, you're losing one player and you still have nine left. That's a pretty good number for a university orchestra. The problem is every concert orchestra I'm taking as a class. So like every concert is almost like an exam. You're not exactly being like tested, but every concert is a grade, right? It's literally it's pass fail. You You just have to show up for the concert and you pass. So when I had mono my freshman year and I missed an entire month of rehearsals and a concert, I had to make it up with the community orchestra next semester. And, like, a whole month and a whole concert, I can understand that. But literally, if I if I had, like, even, like, two weeks off, that would definitely help. But, unfortunately, I'm not in a situation, unless I get, like, a doctor's note from the hospital saying that if I keep playing, it's just going to get worse, then I can't stop. And it's, it's even worse considering, like, when I was in high school doing all of this, I was literally told to my face, and I'm still like horrified to this day that someone like said this to me and that I believe them. Is that if you're not putting in a hundred and ten percent in your playing, then you're not going to be taken seriously. And what they mean by that is you re- you got to be into it all the time. You got to be using all of your energy and just putting all of yourself into it. And it's like I feel like I've heard that in so many different variations for years. And it's taken me a while to realize, like, that's just a little... It's, it's just bullshit, I think it's honestly. bullshit, too. Yeah. I to it's really bullshit. I, I, I'm I so hesitant to, like, just, like, throw myself, like, my entire being into, like, one thing. Because, like, I always say, like, artists with no people skills are, like, the worst people to be around. I do not want to be around someone, especially an artist or a musician or a composer or a singer or whatever, that just doesn't know how to to be a person because they've thrown themselves into their art which on the surface does not sound like a bad thing and i don't begrudge people that do that on a consistent basis but i do not see the merit of putting your entire being into your art to the point that everything else in your life takes the back seat yeah i agree and i just don't believe in that as a you know I I'm I'm all these things I'm musician composer writer whatever but I'm I'm a person first and foremost so that is always at the forefront health is always at the forefront friends and family are at the forefront and then comes the art and the career and whatnot but and I know that in some ways it's a it's a privilege to to say that that you can have a balanced life some people need to in order to survive they need to just grind every day. And I'm very aware of that, but I think especially people who are in in places of of financial privilege, at least, it's it's very I don't know, it's just very confusing to me that this has this like idea has been going on and and perme- permeating these artistic circles for so long. It just it just really like makes me cock my head a lot.
0: Yeah, I I was in a position for many years where I did that where I would grind and grind and grind 17 hour days 20 hour days to be the best at this you know I was in production I was a producer and I worked and worked and worked and I made a shit ton of money and I was very unhappy and I drank to escape and I didn't have really good relationships with people uh I was successful though it was great I was successful I had some money in the bank uh, and I was just rolling unhappy, and then psychologically I ended up just being very broken. So then when I started to, I guess, in comparison to that, I started to coast. I mean, coasting for me was somebody else's grind. Um, the world got better. Things got better. I stopped chasing t- titles and accolades and trophies, and um, I literally stopped seeing myself through other people's eyes and the world changed for me. And that's the world I live in now and I really don't give a fuck about people's measuring of my life. So yeah, Yeah. I'm sure there's all kinds of other stages of gray between the grind and and where I've landed. But that's kind of, and maybe that's also age two. I don't know. I just don't believe in it. You know, like I think you had somebody telling you play through the injury and that's just a good way to get permanently hurt. Once p- yep. people have told me, like you know, you just gotta, you just gotta work through the injury, and I just had someone dead ass look in my face last week and go, yeah, you need to probably stop doing that. <laughs> You're gonna end up with yeah. like really gnarled up, crippled hands. Because I said, look, you know, if the surgery is gonna be six to eight weeks of recovery and I'm going to have to turtle type. She goes, maybe you just don't type at all. Maybe you use one of those newfangled things where it translates or maybe the book, she said is the, is a publisher waiting for this book? I said no, it's really on my own time. She goes, well then maybe uh, you put your your health in front of like a deadline. Well, mm-hmm. the, in her funny way, she's a really lovely person who doesn't try to push. She was like, you know, it, it's really about your priorities. It's completely up to you, but but you also, know.
1: you type other things for for your living. Yeah,
0: like all day. So long. So it's like
1: almost not. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna be pecking. It's gonna be the left hand's gonna be like, okay, this is gonna take a
1: minute, but I have to adjust. I don't, re- I don't remember if you have talked about it, but have you have you like tried those like those speech to text things that they have?
0: All all of them, and they're really funny because um, they're better than they used to be. It used to be you'd buy like a five hundred, four hundred dollar Dragon program. Dragon did it best and And it was okay. Now you can get a lot mm. of free programs, and then you spend a lot of times going, "No, I didn't say, you know, formaldehyde taint. I said, <laughs> "I'm crossing the street. so it's it's really <laughs> at the end, you end up spending i in my experience, less time just mm. straight up typing it. Also, I have a very thick, weird, fucked up southern slash west coast accent. So I don't think any uh translator understands what the fuck I'm saying. Um, <laughs> there are people who listen to this podcast who literally don't know what the fuck I'm saying. So. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it sometimes I just do it because psychologically I feel like I'm getting something done. Mhm. So I do I do use them. And it gives me some yeah. relief, you know. It doesn't sound as bad. Yeah, bad-ish. I just
1: I want I wanted to bring it up here because I feel like it's never it's very scarcely talked about um, in artistic circles like this. And also just like mental health is like scarcely talked about. If anything, it's it's used as like a motivator for art, which is just like, I don't want to even get started on that. Um, Go
0: be Sylvia Plath <laughs> and create beautiful. What's the whole thing about the little, the prince who banged his golden crown against his cage and people like, what a beautiful sound it made. But even though he was like a mentally ill person, he was like, banging his head mm-hmm. and there's a whole thing I, I remember this story from basquia of uh somebody talking about this in the frame of mental illness and it's like no like maybe let's not listen to the beautiful music of someone like <sighs> snapping into
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to generalize, but like, am I if I'm in a, like a, a depressive mood that I sometimes get into, the last thing I want to do is create any art, and I just want to lay in my bed and not do anything. And for some people, I know, and again, I don't begrudge people that use art as a coping mechanism, and sometimes it does work. I just don't agree with the idea like you need to be mentally ill in order to create good art. Like, I, I have no idea, idea, idea where that's come, uh, that's come from. Well, it's something that's bizarre. been pe-
0: perpetuated since, like, Van Gogh, you know, like... Uh, and oh, true, yeah. And, but the, and the real, the real, real about that whole thing is that, you know, the artists don't even see fame within their own lifetime. You know, you're burning yourself out for somebody mm-hmm. else's amusement. So I'm, I, I'm good with, like, taking breaks and being cool. Another thing we were talking about, one of the things that comes along in our world is... You said you were struggling with writer's block, which I know well. Hello, old friend, mm. writer's block. <laughs> we meet again. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that today, but um, oh yeah, let's do it. i got a couple. I've got a couple of things you might want to try, mm-hmm. um, because I've been in that dark cauldron of hell many, many times, <laughs> and I've gotten a lot of advice over the years. It's like when you get a migraine. Or like when you're, when uh, when us ladies get period cramps and people are like, you know, put a small wedge of, you know, and you're like, what's happening? You know, <laughs> put iceberg lettuce on your temple. I, I don't know what's happening in your household, but so here's, it's kind of like advice like that. You can take it or leave it. This has, this has worked for me. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let's describe your writer's block. Is it
1: full on writer's block
0: or what's happening?
1: Uh, I don't Um, I'm in a point where it's, it's that kind of writer's block where like, I, I, I want to sit down and write stuff, but my brain's just not letting me. And it's come from like, it's various moments of like me sitting literally here at my desk and like not doing anything or just staring at my phone, just not even even opening up the program that I I used to write and and then I just I just give up and just go sit on the couch or something and then it's literally just like I'm sitting on that couch and I'm having a burning desire to to write what I want to write but I either can't bring myself to like just get up off that couch or I don't know I have the the urge to write but my brain's like but what are we writing and then I'm like I don't know brain And so usually I take that as a sign of just like I'm not ready to return to the project, Um, and I feel like there there are always moments when I'm working on long term stuff that is just like it literally. This is gonna sound crazy, but it's literally like that project being like, you need to step away for a second because I'm not, we're not, you're not ready to keep working on this. And sometimes I do, but it's like it's it's being it's been a little too long for comfort. Like I literally have not touched the musical for almost two months and I don't love that and I've been trying to get back into it and my brain is just not letting me I'm pretty sure the whole shoulder thing probably has something to do with it because I'm just like not feeling very motivated at all because of that I love that this is just turning into my personal therapy session um But yeah, I'm I'm just in a really weird spot. And I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, you should go take a walk or like you should go exercise or something. I'm just like, well, I don't have no time for that. And I definitely don't have the muscles for that right now. So I'm just like, I don't know. I've just been stuck in like this rut of apathy for literally like two months and I don't know how to get out of it.
0: So this is something you've already, this is Dorian. You're trying to go back into Dorian. This is a project yeah. that's in mm-hmm. progress. So same thing has happened to me. I've taken the same break and it's too long and it probably is too long. I'm going to be honest with you. It probably is too long and you probably should get it back in there and do something for the simple reason of this is if you lose the track, you go back in and it's like starting from scratch. Sometimes it's great to walk away and to let some Mm -hmm. either something die or rejuvenate itself. One of those two things are usually going to happen. Right. But if it's something that you really like, Dorian has got legs. It's something that we know is good. It's worked out. You've put it out into the public. It's got some life to it, and you need to probably do something about it. I'm not trying to like say you need to do something like today, but here's what works. Sometimes the stuff is just not there. There's no juice in the tank. Probably your body yeah. is fighting you. Psychologically, it's fighting you. You talk about burning desire. Here's the things that work for me. Sit down and write anything, everything. In fact, make the goal to write the worst possible fucking ideas you can think of. <laughs> Dorian okay. is a barista on Mars. It doesn't matter. Just write and, make it, and limit it. Make it two pages. You're going to write two pages of the worst possible Dorian idea you can. Either you type it or you write it. You have You don't have to be in the program. Just anything. Yellow notepad. Say it to yourself on your phone, you know, in notes. Mm-hmm. And just do that every day that you have that urge to write. Do that. Just something. Anything. Doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter. You're not going to really track it. You're just going to log it. You're going to be able to look at it maybe. So do put it in some sort of like recordable way, right? Journal it. Mm -hmm. Two note cards it. Or you can do the two-pager thing where I do two-page. I do a scene. Two pages, two characters, two minutes, and just do that and then walk away. What happens is your brain kicks into gear, any gear, You're not writing anything that you may use at all, or you may write the best scene possibly in the musical ever. But it gets your brain oiled. You just need to get it oiled. But if you get in there and you're doing that and you're resisting the hell out of that, you literally really do need to take that break. Mm. And then don't be afraid of the break. Your brain is like, I don't want to touch this. Then you do walk away. You do. But you have to figure out what's going on in there, right? So what I'm saying is you have to get in get in there and gauge it. At least take the temperature of it. And if it means that you don't come back into this until you graduate, then that's what you gotta do. Right? But you gotta take the temperature. Yeah. It's like going to the doctor and going, What is this? If I move my arm like this, it hurts. You're like, well then stop doing that. Okay, then you gotta go. But it's like it's doing a self check. Another great thing to do, and this is probably the most uh the one that I rely on the most, and if you have a trusted person in your life is, um, like, I sit down with Ian and I go, alright, it was yesterday I was writing and I was in a real foul mood. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, like, my coochie being on fire. I do not know. I was just in one of these mo- moods where I was having very uh, dark thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. I have days. I'm not a moody, moody person, but there's just some moments where I'm just like, fuck, everybody and everything. So when I'm writing this scene with my main character, he was doing some pretty vicious things to people and I'm like, Wait a minute. This is not who my character is. He's like gone like fucking straight up like crazy on everybody. This is not the violent dude. And I know I'm writing shit I'm going to have to erase later. So I stopped and I went into Ian and I'm like, okay. You know that scene on the bus? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, do I need it? When you read it, you liked it. He goes, well, I know it's personal to you. I said, but what does the bus scene say about the guy? Do I need it? He goes, you know what? Keep it in for now. And we had a conversation. I was telling him what was going on. He was like, whoa. That seems dark, and it was great because I was share I would drug it out of the closet to into the mm-hmm. sunlight, and it really helped me. He's like, I don't know, I don't think it's necessarily as scary as you think it is. So I got back to it this morning, and uh, it helped to talk it out. So if you have someone you trust, and by the way, I'll offer you can always talk to me, um, and I think just literally getting on the phone or walking into the room with Lindsay or, you know, someone that you trust and going I had this idea. I just need to talk it out for a minute. And there's something about... There's talking to yourself is one thing, but you're in an echo chamber of your own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, But then there's the other thing of talking to someone else and having... And it has to be somebody qualified. Because if it's just anybody... That can actually fuck you up more in my experience. They start taking you down a road you don't want to go or they don't understand. You get frustrated because now you're explaining your entire idea to someone. It has to be a trusted person. So those are the things that do actually work for me for writer's block. So I don't know if that helps
1: no, no, it's interesting. It's just like right now, I, i'm I'm trying to figure out like why, because usually, like I had a similar thing happen before I came to visit you guys in like April where that, that, well, that's not really the same because that was just two months of me being stuck on a song, but I was like continuously going at it, but I'm just like not doing anything. And I keep coming up with ideas in my brain and usually while I'm driving. So that's annoying because <laughs> I can't like stop and, and write it down. Right. Um. And then I either forget it or I just, I just like, I, I'm too lazy to just, like, even, like, sing it in my voice memos or something. I don't know. I'm just, like... It's, like, when I start writing, like, it's kind of, like... I don't know if you have this, but, like, when you're in a good mood when you're writing, it's kind of, like, when you enter a room and your characters are there and they're, like, oh, what are we going to do now? And I'm, like, well, I'll tell you. And then you start writing... Now it feels like I go into that room and they're just Blair Witching it in the corner. They're not looking at me. They're pretending I'm yes. not there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like no matter how hard you try, they're just like not paying attention to you. That's what it feels like right now. That's a very so, creepy I don't visual,
0: by the way. I've never had them Blair Witch me, <laughs> and thanks for the visual. Awesome. You just made my world worse. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> that's what it. That's what it. No. Feels yeah. Like. I get it.
0: And and again, I think it's. I think. But but I think the obvious thing here is that your body is hurting. You you're trying to graduate. Yeah. and and maybe it is truly a self check-in. Maybe this podcast is the self check-in to say it's completely okay to walk away from it. It's not going to go anywhere. I don't think Dorian mm-hmm. is going to die on the vine. And I think it's strong enough cuz I've walked away from things that were so feeble I'm like, "Well, then you deserve to die." You know, <laughs> you know you'll go back to it and and you'll go, "Okay, that's a great little scene for something, but it doesn't it's not something that I want to Because you have to spend a lot of time with something, with a story. That's the one thing Mm -hmm. I know about storytelling is that you really have to be interested in your characters and the story because you're going to spend months with it. And if it's successful, you're going to have to talk about it for months, years even. Years. So (laughs) – you have to really love that song. You know, like I I have a friend uh, who's a songwriter. He's written a couple of popper songs, that you all know. And he's like, yeah, I wish I just hadn't written that song now because I have to sing it all the time. So, <laughs> but I have to pay my mortgage and my daughters are going to college next year. So here we go yeah. again. So it's like you have to, and it's okay if it dies on the vine. It's okay if sometimes it doesn't make it to voice memo, you know? It's not like we're just yeah. we're th- throwing away gold. Sometimes it's just you're throwing away a fart, you know. And if it's strong <laughs> enough, it'll come back to you. Like I, I really firmly believe this. That's true. If something is really needs to live, it will come back. It will come back in one form or the other. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily worried about the whole idea, like like just dying in general, because I know I have a strong idea. It's just like getting. Getting back and in- back into the flow of things is hard when you're when your brain and your body are not ready for it. Yeah. Um, and I really try not to to force anything like I don't believe in like sitting at sitting in front of the piano and just like willing something to happen. Like if it's not happening, it's just not happening. Yeah. and You know, um, you're going to
0: end up writing a bunch of garbage anyway.
1: Exactly. Exactly which is why I also don't work into the night like most composers do because I'm, I'm cranky, I'm tired, I just want to go to bed, uh, my back's hurting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of writers go, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and write. I'm like, bitch, I ain't getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and write. I mean, oh, I have like no. serious insomnia and sleep apnea. You know what I'd be writing at 4 o'clock in the morning? I'd be writing some, like, some really scary serial killer shit that would not be entertaining. So no, bitch, I'm going to start writing at 10.30. I'm good i'm gonna get up in the morning walk the dog
1: 30 i wish take my bath i'm not (laughs) i'm i'm not operational until like noon like even if i do have my coffee i'm just like it's my brain takes forever to boot up if it were up to me i would be getting up at like 6 a.m every day just like grabbing a coffee and start writing fortunately i'm not in that place maybe after graduation we'll see stay tuned um i wish i could do that because i it's like i want to be a morning person but i'm not
0: Yeah, I say that. I think there's, I go through seasons, like in the summer, I wake up earlier and earlier and it's fun, but I just don't Mm. press it. Like I don't have a, this is why I stopped going to writer's groups. I honestly can't stand it. I sit in a room, because I love writers who, I love other writers. I'm not intimidated by other writers. I read their work. I'm heartened by people who are good I don't have that kind of thing where I'm like, oh my god, I wish you ill. Like, I really, truly, truly, no, yeah, I'm rooting for other creative people all the time and think it's awesome. You know, we make the world go around. We're we're giving, we do something really important, and we need a lot of us, especially in dark, dark times like we have now. I'm really supportive, but what I can't stand is going to these writers groups where people like try to like. I don't know what you would call it. There's this competition of like, I get up at three o'clock in the morning and I bathe in a cold stream and I eat nothing but rocks. And then I shut out. A... I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, your process is your process. It doesn't matter how you do it. For me, yeah. I'm not an early morning writer. Um, And then just sometimes I am. But for the most part, my brain is still waking up and still doing what it does to wake up. So I don't feel like those are productive hours and i look at my box full of early morning ideas and uh not so much so i'm <laughs> just gonna sleep in and get those z's and be more yeah. relaxed for me but then i have friends who are really they're very prolific and they're very successful and they do get up at 3 30 and 4 o'clock in the morning and they have the money to check into hotels god bless god bless yeah you know
1: yeah good for you <laughs>
0: I mean and I like I saw you know, you you post a lot about working in coffee shops. I can't. I get very distracted. Pe- especially in LA, people have I'm all that kinds. <laughs> of, people have like crazy problems in LA and they're just they're all dumb and especially on the west side. And I sit in coffee shops and next thing you know, I'm in their drama and I'm like, "Oh my god, then he left her and then she got an STD and then I'm like, what?" And it's not helping my <laughs> writing at all. And I I just get very distracted and then I just drop 12 bucks for something I could have made at home. You know, Mm. so, and I had to pee a lot, and public bathrooms are uh, horrible, so I am not that, I am not that bitch, you know, I think when I was younger, for sure, I was that bitch, I can't do it now, so, uh, hats off to you, and again, I'm not shitting on you for going into a public place, I just can't do it, you know what I mean?
1: Um, And when people are not being amazing, they're annoying, so... I think it well I will say this if a coffee shop's playing music I can. not Yeah, exactly. Usually it's bad it's it's bad music. The, yeah. the Starbucks I go to is very low key. Like if there's music playing it's very soft and I can't hear it over the like shh of like the the coffee thing and no one in there is talking because they're also there doing homework or reading a book or just typing on their computer. So it's great. But like if I go into like um like a, a non-chain coffee shop and for some reason, I don't know what it is. Like the coffee there is great, and sometimes it's even cheaper than Starbucks. Love that, but they're blaring music, and the acoustics are always terrible. Yeah, because you have like these like stone walls, and like everyone's talking, and like they're like eating like their little sandwiches. I'm just like I I cannot. And most Starbucks I go to, even though it is a chain, and the the coffee slightly expensive. Most of the Starbucks I go to are very low key. The, the music is not playing very loud. And most people are just there just like on their phones or reading. So I just gravitate to, to there. So
0: I just don't have the attention span for it. I'm at home <laughs> in my office. I would like it to be quiet as hell. Um, I get annoyed if Haggis barks too much, you know, like he's just like like something. I'm like, it's just a mailman. He's not trying to kill you. Or my neighbor who's like, he's not even doing anything wrong. My neighbor and I live in a very quiet neighborhood, as you know, but he'll be standing on the corner having a low key conversation with his gardener and it's right outside my office window. And I want to murder him. I want to go out there and murder him. (laughs) So I am not good with like extraneous noise. Also. Um, I'll never forget the story. I have a friend who worked um at Disney. I think she's still there, but she was um uh, she was I won't give the division, but she was in a, a, a place of create she was a creative at Disney, let's just say that. And okay. she tells this horror story about one of her coworkers was standing in line in a coffee shop and was working there and talking to another person that they ran into because they all worked at Disney. And they were talking about the idea they were working on. They were trying to story fix something. Someone, two people back, worked at another studio and oh, no. stole this idea. That's why there was two pictures of the same kind that came out within six months of each other. So, Oh, God. And I'm not, this is a real firsthand story. And so everybody, like, she, they all got called in and screamed at over this. You would... Two big pictures you would recognize. And so after that, I'm like, I'm so paranoid about getting, not that I'm writing like gold. I'm like, good luck with my toilet idea. (laughs) But like, (laughs) I just don't, I've had things stolen from me professionally before. Like, they were big losses in my life. And so I had this huge paranoia about going into a public space and writing anything down. I'm like, I'm not going to, this is why I'll tell jokes on Twitter People pay me to write jokes. People write pay me to write material for them. I'm not going to go on Twitter and just give it to you for free. Good luck being funny on Twitter. You're just giving your shit away. Awesome. You know. <laughs> apparently you have yeah. that many jokes in your life. I'm not so creative that I can be funny on Twitter for free and then give my stuff away. And I'm just I'm going to go to the bathroom. Someone's going to steal my shit. I don't know. I just get very um, the opposite of relaxed in, in a coffee shop. But if it works for you... Then that's you know, there are people like you know who do it all the time. Issa Rae swears by it, and she's creative as they come. So,
1: yeah, I think it also helps that it's just not my house. Yeah, because like you need a you know, well, especially this apartment because like my desk is here and my bed is fi- is like three feet away from me. Right. So like the temptation is always, <laughs> it's like always there. I'm gonna be proud um, now. <laughs> When <laughs> when when I'm in coffee shops and and I'm I'm forcing myself to to pay for overpriced coffee, I have to make my time worth it. Yes, that's true. So I get a lot of stuff done. It's situational but I've, though. I've had, yeah, I but I've had it in those moments where where I'm I'm not like writing like words. When I'm writing music, I've had old people come up to me and be like, "Are you writing music?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and they're just like. You never see that in a coffee shop, and I'm just like, it's it's more often than than you think.
0: <laughs> I think that's pretty cool, it's, though. I'm,
1: it is cool, but sometimes I'm just like, when I when I have my headphones on and I get like. I'm, like, into it, and then I get, like, a tap on my shoulder. I'm just, like... Because I'm not <laughs> expecting people to come out. Because usually happens are a sign of don't fuck with me. Right. Well, if they're I mean old, they me. don't care. But, you know... They're boomers. You know boomers yeah. are just, like, well, I'm just going to go over there and, and tap them on the shoulder. What are you, um, Mozart,
0: young man? I'm back <laughs> in my day, you'd be writing a Lindy. Can you write a Lindy for me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then they'll be, like, oh, my granddaughter plays the violin or something. And I'm just, like... And I get, like, sucked into, like, a 15-minute conversation. Um... So, yeah, coffee shops, just be aware of the risk. Anyway, <laughs> and, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, no, but I think
0: all of these things are situational. Like some people, you know, they can ice and be cool. Some people can like ride in the morning and they're cool. Some people are in coffee shops and they're fine. And then, you know, there are people who are like curmudgeonly weirdos like me who have to have it just so and who pee a lot, you know. <laughs> and who were cheap bastards who were like, "I'm not paying six dollars for this chai latte. I can get a big bucket of like mix at the smart and final and make all the chai lattes I want. Damn it! <laughs> um, I do think it's like, like again. I think it's probably it could be age. It's also where you live. It's regional. I think I I think about like how your town is, and and I came from a smaller space like that, and I I do miss mm-hmm. it. There's times where if I could get in a TARDIS and, like, have the best of both worlds, I would probably join you in that coffee shop. We'd sit at the same table with our headphones on and, you know, get a lot of work done and then uh, talk about it on the drive home. But it's like here, it's just too, it's too much. It's way too much. You're visiting next time. We'll get up in the morning. We'll walk down to the coffee bean Um In the neighborhood, and and you'll you'll see it's it's chaos. <laughs> it's fucking chaos. Everybody's laptop is open. Well, no,
1: I remember I remember the coffee shop I went to to talk to that one composer guy. Oh, like, that's it right. It was loud. It's crazy, yeah. The acoustics like, we are could hell. barely hear each other. Yeah, I'm just like no thanks.
0: Acoustically, most of the restaurants that you go into, I don't know what this is about L.A. I think it's just because space is the premium. And they throw up big concrete blocks and call it a restaurant. But acoustically, I just can't do it. I cannot go to most restaurants around town. I'm like, nobody thinks about it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we go to the Mac store. It's hell. I talked to one of the employees when I was buying my laptop. And I said, do you guys ever complain? He goes, if you complain in our store, you get fired but like they Jesus Christ architecturally this is on the promenade the the Mac store there by the way Mac if you're listening Apple you're you guys should be fucking sued because that is a nightmare it's an auditory nightmare
1: in there (laughs) I remember we went in there it's horrible in there I remember yeah
0: and so I can only imagine like having to and that's what a lot of restaurants are I'm like I can't have a conversation with you I can't enjoy this And because Ian's so sensitive about his ears, because he needs them for his job, that's his living, we'll bounce. Mm we are like, can we get this to go so we can get out of your fucking loud as shit restaurant? So I think that's why we probably also prefer Hillstone. We go to Hillstone because acoustically, the ceilings are low. They've got, uh, they really paid attention to where it was because it sits right on Wilshire there. It's a very low slung kind of calm restaurant. And that's why we enjoy that. Same thing with warehouse. Warehouse is kind of padded, you know, stuff like that. I didn't know we were going to do an entire almost hour on this, but I'm (laughs) glad that we did because a lot of people are out there struggling too. And you get told by the professionals, alleged professionals, you know, this is the way to do it. There's a lot of experts on YouTube who tell you a bunch of stuff that frankly is always situational. You know, try some, try things until it works yeah. for you. But when it does come to injuries, I got to tell you across the board, uh, the pros are going to tell you. Just you, you to, For something to get better, you have to take a break. And that could be the truth about Dorian. Maybe Dorian needs a break. Maybe yeah.
1: Dorian would just like to stretch out, you know. He's just like, get away from me. <laughs>
0: get away from me. Stop it. I'm good now. I'm good for now. bye.
1: No, YouTube always recommends me, um videos on like writing screenplays and i'm just like i should watch this and then send it to lisa and see what she thinks
0: <laughs> i will just flip a table and run i I've, I've bought i finally cleaned out there's about 22 books i had on screenwriting and writing the novel and i've been uh, the lady down the street has a free library hutch and uh, she yelled at me. She's my neighbor, and I love her. She didn't yell at me. She just chided me a couple of years ago about, like, Lisa, I don't need you to dump all your books in here. So I just kind of <laughs> secretly, like, one book at a time. I'm putting all these in here.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And they're all garbage. They they are all, I think the probably the, the one that I'm about to give up is the one by Stephen King called On Writing. Um, and he gives some pretty I great advice. But it's advice that's, that works for Stephen King.
1: For Stephen King,
0: yeah. It, it doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm more George R. R. Martin. <laughs> I am Stephen King. <laughs> I write the one sentence, and then I question my life choices. I have a, yeah. an existential breakdown. I got have to go make myself some lunch. I go and sit in the rain and cry, and then I come in and I write the next sentence. <laughs> and then some days I'm Stephen King, and I churn out 10 pages. You know?
1: So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody has there's the answer. This, there's this whole... Um, there's this one YouTuber that I follow. I think her name is Kate Cavanaugh and she does a whole series on like, I try writing like insert big author here. And it's, it's really interesting to watch her Cause she, she reads up on, she's done for like Stephen King, Neil Gaiman, JK Rowling. Like I've watched all of these and it, it's really interesting because she really like does like, She gets into it and she's like, No exceptions, even if it's really inconvenient. I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And then by the end of the video, she's like, Some of this works for me and some of it doesn't. That's fascinating. Every video ends like that. And I'm just like, You know.
0: So Kate like, no, on YouTube. Really I'm going to gonna watch this. This sounds awesome. Of course, I would watch that. Someone let who's me, trying let me all double these, check
1: the name. Yeah, all
0: these people who yeah. try these methods. Hell yeah! Because you know, when I was starting out, eight, millions of years ago, I would just absorb that. There was only a few notable books on the market on screenwriting. Let's just say there's the Sid Field book, which don't get that book. There's Save the Cat, which. Don't get that book. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> books out there that are just, you know, these guys have made quite a living telling you how to write books, but I look at what you've written, what is Sid Field's name on? You know, I look at the author and I go, hmm. Or when I go to get my hair cut, uh, the person normally who's styling your hair doesn't cut their hair, but it's their choices, right? It's their personal uh-huh. taste. Or when you go to get a tattoo and the person's not giving themselves that back tack too but they have they've gone to someone so it's like i look at the choices of the person before i take their advice because there's a lot of like really shitty advice out there and when mm-hmm. people are teaching it as though it were the gospel i don't believe in that at all because everyone is completely different that's why diets don't work you know cookie cutter for everyone that's why regimes in general personal regimes not you know dictatorships those don't work out either. But like people are like, you have to do it this way. So I really would love to see her try uh, what yeah. other people are advising. What's the name of the YouTube channel?
1: Um, so yeah, I was right. It's Kate Kavanaugh, C A V A N A U um, G H. She does a lot of other videos on just like just anything to do with writing, like writing resources, types of writing, um, her reacting to terrible writing advice, which is is always super funny. Um, I love that. But yeah, she's done writing like George R. R R Martin, writing like Rick Riordan. Like, there's a bunch of them, and it's always just great fun to watch. Um, so I would, I would highly recommend her.
0: I would love that because it, that's well, that's genius. I fucking love that. Um, I I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, I just want to say, go Elizabeth Warren. Um, Thank you for ripping uh, Bloomberg's dick off in public and shoving it (laughs) down his throat at the Democratic debates. I don't know if you guys saw that. She's been my girl since the beginning, but again, I'm not trying to be in the right of things. We've been, like, voting for, rooting for Warren from the beginning, but you never know how these things are going to shake out. I feel like she's funny... um, kind of emerging as the one who probably should be president, but we know this is probably going to come down to trusty white dudes. So I can't let my heart get broken again. Uh, but I feel like, you know, I loved seeing Liz in Nevada. Uh, just the look on Bloomberg's face this week. I know that was a, an abrupt uh, transition, by the way, uh, but I am looking at the clock. It, just the look on Bloomberg's face when he's like, no one's ever spoken to me like this about me or yeah. in any way, shape, or form in public was priceless. Uh, no matter yeah. how it shakes out, I he's probably going to end up being the guy because this is the way our fucking country is. You can buy a presidency, as we've seen. Putin bought one last time. Bloomberg's going to probably try to buy this one. So it was really fun to see Liz just kind of uh, have one moment of like, veins in her teeth victory. Um, So that was pretty funny.
1: I but- mean, she was going for everybody. She, was, she, really, like, she came she for called, everybody. Yeah. She, she called Klobuchar's plan, like her health plan, like, a, a post-it note or something. It was awesome. I was just like, "Damn, what the hell?" Go you know, on, Liz. It's
0: so it's so true. It's like, and I love Amy Klobuchar. I think uh, she she brings a lot of good stuff. I don't see her as president. Um, I mm-hmm. do see her as a solid vice president. If somebody's interested in that. I yeah, think, sure. you know, Buttigieg, go the fuck home. I don't care if you grow up it <clears throat> or not. Please, Mayor Pete, sit the fuck down. Oh. Biden's sell-by date is up. And, you know, I know people love Bernie. I don't hate Bernie. I don't, I think his burner fans, not all of them, I think a lot of the burners can just be obnoxious, but I don't have a huge problem with them. And if I compare them to, like, straight-up, full-on fucking, you know, khaki-wearing Nazis, they're not that bad. Um... But I don't know. I feel like I want Warren to be the president because I feel like she's going to be our she's going to get us out of these dark times, at least a band-aid for now, but I don't think we're going to get that that shot. But she did kind of, you know, finally emerge out of this. But Bloomberg, he's going to outspend everybody. Um he is the asshole that she pointed to him out to be when he ran. I'm like this fucking guy. Is anybody going to bring up redlining? I knew about Stop and Frisk. That was the big thing of his career. I knew how he his, yeah. he and uh, New Yorkers in general, old white New Yorkers treat women in general, period. It's kind of a thing. Um, but I didn't know she was going to come for the other stuff. So, good on her. It was great. Yeah. It was a thing of beauty. Um, let's, we talked about we were going to say this on the last podcast and we are going to talk about this. It might be somewhat kind of Older news in a cycle that is always on fire, but the news recently emerged um, with Johnny Depp being somewhat vindicated in saying that Amber, uh, what's this? What's her name? I'm forgetting her name.
1: Heard Amber Heard. Amber
0: Heard. Yeah. Um, this whole, Can you walk me through what's actually happened? Because it, I feel like I'm. Maybe I don't have all the facts. But what happened with Amber um, Heard and Johnny Depp? What's up?
1: So literally a couple of weeks ago, the I think Depp's lawyers released an audio recording of, of one of their fights. And it very clearly paints a very not nice picture of Amber. She admits to hitting him and abusing him and calling him a baby and um, kind of being homophobic a little bit. Um, just really insulting him in a lot of ways. And there were photos of, um, of, like, Johnny Depp's, like, finger that she, like, tried to chop off. And he got, like, MRSA. And there was, like, she, she like, took a shit on his bed and, like, threw things at him. I'm sorry, so, what? Like, she what? She shit on his bed. Wow. I, we're just gonna leave it there. Um... But I mean, so that's, it so the narrative to there wow damn, <laughs> so the part. narrative has has changed. Um, it wasn't a so um, we can't really say she's a victim. Um, I think both of them are together enabling their toxicity. Sure, and um, and there's just still a lot we don't know. But now I I feel comfortable at least knowing that 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 you know that johnny is not the terrible wife beater that he's been painted to be for the last couple of years sure and i feel like i have to say that because we have like publicly criticized him on this podcast for that but we also Um, in
0: that same podcast i want to point out we did look up information about the allegations of him punching somebody on a set to find out that that could have also been you know, made up yeah. or, or mischaracterized. So we haven't completely come for Johnny. But we did, you know, it was in the news. So we talked about it. We were an entertainment podcast. So we did. But no, I'm yeah. glad that, I'm glad we're talking about it now. I had no... The, 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 it's completely new to me that she shat on his bed. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in y'all like? Okay, let's just back up. First of all, we know Johnny is an eccentric dude. He's been famous for a long time. And I think when people who are famous at that caliber for a long time, I think he kind of... uh. I don't know, it, it morphs you into something, I don't think it's healthy for you, I should just say. So I'm not saying that Johnny's completely innocent. I do think he's a weird dude, and I think he lets people into his life that are not necessarily always the healthiest of people, right? We can say that mm-hmm. probably and be probably right. But this thing with Amber Heard, you see him double down when she accuses him, right? Right. Yeah. First, he's wanting it just to go away. And then he's like, no, uh uh, I'm not going to let this go. And now that this whole information has emerged, you get what he's saying. He's like, look, we're, you know, I'm a famous dude and things go down, but I did not abuse this woman. And if that's true, this is what we've been talking about. I'm not a full on just accepted me too and believe all women stuff. I'm not a believe all women stuff because of this very thing right here. This is a great example of how I want to look at the story case by case by case. If you're dragging it out into the public and you're forcing us all to look at it, I really want to look at all the facts. And I just feel bad for the dude if this is the case. I really feel bad for the dude that she's been dragging him out into the streets.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been an evolution because at first when these allegations came to light, he didn't do anything cuz you're right he just want he just did want it to go away he didn't want to bring attention to it i think he started changing his tune once his involvement with the second fantastic beasts film became a thing and people started coming for jk about it as well he he did this interview with some magazine i don't remember starts with an s literally saying i'm i'm going to fight back on this cuz this is this is getting ridiculous um and so now like again like I feel like I don't know about it too much to like completely feel like anyone is innocent in this case. I feel like both of them are have engaged in a lot of toxic behavior and maybe some more than most. Some people have pointed out that Amber already had a domestic violence squabble against a past relationship before Johnny, so she has a history of it. So it's just like it's not too one-sided anymore yeah and but i will say this i do feel a lot better about i don't feel as guilty perhaps maybe supporting him in the future fantastic beast films or just watching his past films in general Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's it's a very weird place to be in and this this thing is like still ongoing if you can believe it but it it's really crazy when you think like there, there's like you know Amber Heard is like going to like these conferences for like domestic abuse victims and like giving speeches and like hugging those victims and you're just like wait what the fuck yeah yeah like it's messy all like the some way around sociopathic shit right there yeah
0: it's pretty messy it's like you know and again I th-
1: these marriages
0: dude it's like. Why? Just hate normal people. Stop drinking, first of all. I've done some messy shit drinking. It doesn't help. Stop drinking. You're at an age where maybe you stop drinking, then Johnny. And then, you know, I don't know. Maybe make some different choices. And and hopefully he is. Hopefully, you know, everybody has their moment. Because we see what happens when you just keep going down this dark, dark path. In both of their cases. And then everybody's in your business and everybody's weighing in. And people are talking about you on podcasts. So I don't know. I I want them both to find their peace. But if she's out here shitting on beds and trying to make him like the bad guy, you need to sit the fuck down, girl. Seriously. And Johnny, sober up. So, you know, actually what happened,
1: you know? Yeah. Um, There's already people calling on Warner Brothers to recast her role in Aquaman. And like there's already a bunch of things. Some people do like are now completely convinced of, of Johnny's innocence. Again, I, I just feel like we don't know that much. All I know right now is that the abuse was not one-sided. Yeah, that's of course. All I know. I mean, that's all I, that's all we know. This
0: is aside from that fact. I've never been a big Amber Heard fan. I don't think she's that talented, but that's just me. This this was way before in any of this. I have this kind of opinion about a <sighs> a lot of those white girls. But um yeah, so I wish you both the best of luck. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of weird things, I want to leave with a recommendation. I don't know if you've been watching it. Um, It's on Netflix. It's been sitting in my queue at the top of the recommendation queue for a long time. I don't know if we all get the Uh, same. I think it just does, does. Has Netflix been recommending Ragnarok to you as much as it has to me?
1: no not ragnarok not.
0: in the mcu but
1: ragnarok
0: this uh norwegian No, yeah i know
1: i know no it, it has not so i guess it's i've just seen me. it i've seen it as i'm scrolling through but it, it hasn't been recommended to me. it's
0: though. constantly going you want to watch ragnarok you want to watch ragnarok you want to watch ragnarok i'm like well maybe i do i don't know maybe you do know me better <laughs> than i know myself so finally i caved in last night after giving hunters um, on Prime a shot. I, I wasn't in the space, I guess, to see it. I had to go back to Hunter's. I just was not into it okay. last night. It would looked okay. beautiful, um, but it seemed way too complicated. It also was kind of hitting me in some wrong places about making this whole thing too cartoonish between the Jews and the Nazis. I don't know. It, it, I, I got to go back and revisit it uh, with a fresher mind. Yesterday mm-hmm. was weird. But so I decided to... to to drag me and in, uh, Ian into the Ragnarok world because Netflix was just like, you want this, you want this, you want this. Um, so what it is basically is uh, Thor and Loki in high school and Edda Sweden. And you know what? I'm down. Um, even Mew Mew's in it. So that's cool. Uh, so Magna, Magna is in, in, in all the people that if you guys are, are Netflix people like I am, you see a couple of people we saw in Lily Hammer. Um, and if you really want you really want to entice you to watch the show, um a lot of these people have worked with Bill Skarsgård. Um because they're <laughs> all, you know, uh, Swedish. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because it's kind of fits completely within that youth culture that Netflix does, only it mm-hmm. doesn't it's not problematic. Now I don't know that for sure. Because it's dubbed. I think that's what bothers me about it is that it's dubbed. I don't like dubbed uh, things. Yeah. So I want to hear the original language and the intonation. But so far, as much as I want to roll my eyes uh, at how silly some of this stuff is, because the bad guys, the the gods in it. Um, yeah. I guess the gods love IKEA furniture and soft lighting and... Um, <laughs> they're just like us. So, there's just some silliness about it that's very funny, but like just imagine if Riverdale were Swedish and not problematic. Maybe. And good? And good. Hopefully. I can't really tell I'm 3 episodes in and I can't tell if it's good. I'm endlessly fascinated because I know zilch about Norway except for um I love Alexander Skarsgård. Um that's the view I've been taking in for years. Like hello. Cool. Um and I'm into Bill somewhat. He just he's very young for me, but like I've, I've been into Alex for a while, and I love Gustav. So I'm into the Scar Guards. I was into Stellan before it was cool. So I don't. I'm <laughs> fascinated by the countryside here, and there's this whole um, environmental element to it, cause mm-hmm. Grie was there, and she makes YouTube channel um, YouTube videos about like how the fish have plastic in them and they're polluting the environment and of course the gods in this are like they're totally behind the whole factory thing. They're like, well you gotta where you gonna think you're gonna get your IKEA furniture from, bitches. So there's a (laughs) there's a thing to it. I don't know if anybody speaks uh, Swedish who listens to us telling us if you think this series is good. Is there just way more good shit out there and that the Americans are just getting fed this. I don't know. But should give a couple episodes a try. I was just thinking about you um and and if, if your love for Thor would translate into this particular realm.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: So I think you should at least give the pilot a chance. I don't know. Okay. I feel like possibly you might. We'll see. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of time to do a whole lot of things. Anything else that we need to talk about before we get on out of here?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I do have a recommendation not for TV but like just like life things. Change your sheets on yes. your bed, you nasties. <laughs> you would be surprised how many people don't do it for like months at a time. That's Just change disgusting. your sheets. If you're listening to this and you're like, "What was the last time I changed my sheets?" Take this as a sign cuz all you know, you, the oil in your face just gets like imprinted into the to the to the what are they called? What are they called? Pillows? Yes. Um and <laughs> the, it just um, like messes you with it? your skin. Uh what is it? Um on that thing, that big thing. Oh, the bed. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just wash the sheets. It'll how feel how good, often do you I change promise. your
0: sheets? How often do you do it?
1: I do it every like three to four weeks. Just depends. Every it's always on a weekend, just depends what I'm doing. But I don't let it go longer than a month because I'm just like, it just grosses me out. I I just like have to like just wash them. I
0: realize I'm around our house. It's probably two to three weeks for us as well. I mean, if when I was out doing production and I was in the wind and in dirt and whatever, I would wash my sheets every week because, I mean, you know, it was like a field hand sleeping in the bed. And then we have a dog and he brings the yard in. So a lot of times there's like sand and weirdness in the bed. So, uh, and we try to keep him clean too. But like when I'm in this incarnation of our lives when no one's like really getting like grimy, it's like three weeks probably, but I do have a rule of thumb. If I walk into the room and in the room, it even remotely smells like head. <laughs> like, you know, I have the the head smell that people have yeah. and I'm very sensitive to that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we can wash these sheets. So, and I feel like <laughs> it, that goes up with the heat. So the hotter it is outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good tip. I think, I think it, it also makes you feel better too, right?
1: Oh yeah. It just mm-hmm. makes you
0: feel so much better. And then I always get washable pillows. I know a lot of people are very, it's controversial If you're doing your laundry at the laundromat, people are like, "What are you stuffing those pillows in there for?" Just go to the big oversized one if you have one at your uh, thing, and just put your three or four pillows in there, and the big, you know, industrial one, and just wash the fucking pillows. It's very important because stuff is seeping out of your head, man, into your pillows. (laughs) Now I'm grossed out. Now I'm actually (laughs) gonna change my sheets. I just changed my sheets, so I need to go and do it. I probably got Serrano juice just burning through the pillow as we speak. Oh God. <laughs> okay, you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, we will see you. Um, yeah, this time next week, hopefully, we will have Ian with us.
1: Yeah, I hope. Fingers crossed.
0: He's uh, he's not been hating on this. He's just been taking every moment to relax, and we yeah. wish him the well. And I hope that happens for you as well. This week, too, Andre.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So,
0: well, I'm going to go um, make something in the kitchen that doesn't require that I set my face on fire. And uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon. All right.
1: Bye-bye. Awesome. Yeah. Bye, guys.